but we bet you'll like them. I'm back in the saddle again. Checking in from the right side of Acadiana, seeking truth. I want the truth! Yes! Justice. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. Yes! And a whole lot of freedom to have fun. Winning, winning, winning. Yes! Oh, behave. This is the Ross Report. All right, welcome back. Enough of the frivolity with the sports and the Super Bowl. Now we got to get down to business with the state of Louisiana. Oh, my gosh, yes, they're having a meltdown. All these lefties there. Oh, he's going to ruin what JBE did. JBE did. I can't wait to read Stephanie Grace's article. Uh, and she had her, her nose so far up JBE's butt. You know, it was hard to see how she could breathe. But anyway, I mean, every legacy this and legacy that. And now... And now Jeff Landry is coming in, and unlike what John Bell Edwards and Jay Darden said, oh, we're leaving, great, he's going to have, you know, we had to pass, we had to bust the spending cap, and we had to do spend all this money, because, you know, we didn't want to leave uh, the governor in a bad way. Well, that's exactly what they did by busting the spending cap and spending everything they could, and et cetera. So now, now, Jeff Landry comes in, first thing out of the box, he has, he has, let people know that he's not taking this sitting down. He's asked at state agencies, as I mentioned earlier, to find a way to curb the costs. He prepares for a large government budget shortfall. <gasps> really? Really? I thought John Bell Edwards left us in great shape, unlike that nasty Bobby Jindal. You know what he did to us. Yeah. So thank goodness Jeff Landry is not taking it sitting down. He is going to fight back. And, of course, the left and all the, the sycophants, uh, you know, toadying after John Bell Edwards and Jay Darden and all those those guys, well, they're having a cow. A cow, because Jeff Landry is, hey, he's going to figure out a way. He is going to figure out a way to claw back the jobs. You know, I mean... $64.8 million, that, uh, it's kind of a drop in the bucket in, uh, what, a $30 billion budget uh, heading upwards, you know? So they should be definitely able to find that. No problem. Look at the number of unfilled jobs. I don't have a number, an exact number, but there are plenty of jobs in every department that are not filled. And so Jeff Landry is, he's doing his best. To get rid of, as a, as um, Scott McKay says, sequester as much of the idiotic, wasteful spending that John Bell Edwards and his sycophants, <laughs> I love that word, in the legislature were laid on the out the last term. They were shoveling as much of the surplus as they could into as many government rat holes as they could in an effort to pay off as many cronies as they could, you know, like state contractors. Etc. It, and it remains to be seen how bad it really is. But if Jeff Landry is serious, and I believe he is, because he's not going to want to be the, the governor who comes in and has to cut programs, etc., because of what he was saddled with by the outgoing government. I mean, it's like um, it's like a well, uh, it's a well honored, time honored tradition. 
that the outgoing governor, especially if it's of a different party, does everything he can to screw the incoming governor and in the process screw the people. So it was an effort, as as uh, Scott points out, it's an effort to stick it to Landry. Uh, the spending was aimed at burdening Landry with a lot of, you know, commitments. Look what Edwin, hey, look, Edwin Edwards did it to Dave, Dave Treen. I saw it from the inside. I saw what he did because he knew he was coming back. And he overloaded Dave Treen with all these capital projects that he knew Dave Treen would not be able to fulfill or could fulfill only if the economy stayed strong. Well, the economy crashed. As you know, it was the infamous oil bust in the 80s. So there was no way that Dave Treen could fulfill all those promises. Anyway, Jeff Landry's not going to sit back and let it happen to him. So he's taking some strong measures. And by the way, there are in every department of Louisiana government, trust me, there are deadhead positions that are not filled. They don't want to give them up because, you know, someday they might need them. They don't want to give them up. And they may have some leftover money at the end of the fiscal year. And boy, they scramble to spend it, whether it's wasteful spending or not. But they don't want to give up that money because next year's budget is going to be set on what that previous year's budget was. And if they give up any of it, they might be cut back. It, it's it's a favorite little trick that every agency of government does. The universities do it. Well, they ask for $200 million and they get $198 million. We were cut back. You never had it. Last year you had $160 million. This year you're getting $198 million. Yeah, but they cut us back from $200 million. That's That's the favorite little trick that they love to do. So this executive order, and he did it by executive order, very smart, not not going to quibble about this with the legislature because they haven't they haven't proven themselves to be real allies of the governor so far have they not yet there's still time for them to atone but not yet they haven't so he's right to do it by executive order he can get a lot clawed back with that and of course you know all the lefties in this state louisiana budget project by the way, the Public Affairs Research Council at one time had a decent reputation. They are so far, they're off the edge. Don't You can't, it's difficult to trust them anymore. But, but all these groups are, you know, they're going to wait. They're going to see exactly what he cuts back. And then they'll, then they'll go bananas. Then they'll go totally ballistic. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with that four, uh, 0.45 cent less than half cent sales tax increase that edwards rammed through back in 2016 right yeah that that was the one unlike uh the previous edwards who used to threaten to shut down the kidney dialysis machines this one threatened stupidly to shut down lsu football (laughs) oh geez (laughs) lsu football doesn't need a dime from the state does not need a dime from the state of louisiana lsu football is a money-making machine Anyway, um, well, other football teams might go away. Yeah, but not LSU, believe me. So there's really not a fiscal cliff. There's not. There's government spending that's out of control, which can easily be clawed back by this governor, by Governor Landry. Do the, the There's so much low-hanging fruit in this budget. First of all, I would really like to see them go through all of those earmarks that they like to call, you know, 
these special projects that they fund and that they were out of control funding last year, if there are any of those that could be clawed back, they should. I mean, John Bell Edwards, I mean, $25 billion isn't enough, so they keep blowing it up and blowing it up, blowing it up to twice the size when he came in. We still have the worst health care in the country. We spend more on education with worse outcome. We, ha- we can't, for the life of us, attract the jobs that we need to get here to keep our people here because our kids get a great education in Louisiana and then they fly off somewhere else where there's a great job waiting for them. It's critical to make some serious, fundamental changes, not reforms, changes. You reform something, you're just changing the shape of the same failed policy. You're just, you know, nibbling around the edges, doing like a little watercolor smudging around the edges. No, we need clear focus change. We need to stop inhibiting job creation with our outrageous overregulation of just basic Basic things, you know, hair braiding, really? A flower arranging, huh? Oh, my gosh. We make employment so difficult. How many times have I had on the folks from the Pelican Institute who have done all they can? They keep talking about these, you know, holding back entrepreneurs, small business especially, by causing them to have, you know, outrageous uh, occupational licensing and credentialing. They don't have to do that. In other states, and there's several folks, several um, in the Louisiana Freedom Caucus have tried to put through a universal license recognition. I believe uh, Governor Christy Nome in South Dakota was pushing this and saying you can come to South Dakota if you have credentials in anything, you're a plumber, you're a pipe fitter, you whatever, you have credentials, and you can come right here and, and get, we'll recognize it. So uh, Chuck Owen wrote a great article, and we're going we're gonna to share some of that with you also when we come back from the break. We just have to take a little break, and then we'll be right back on the Ross Report. Don't go away. Hey, it's just not rocket science. Other states are so successful doing these kinds of things. It's time for Louisiana to grow up. Cynical. That's the word, cynical. Mm. Oh my goodness, goodness, goodness. So yeah, I, I I lowballed it. Yeah, we we did have a twenty-five billion dollar budget when John Bell Edwards came in. We're now up to about fifty billion. Fifty billion. It it just about doubled under his tenure. You telling me that we're getting 50, 25 billion more in value in services than we got <laughs> eight years ago? I would say uh, you're you're living under a rock if you think that. Um, just listen to this. <laughs> I mean, we hear it all the time about 
the disparity in this, the disparity in that, you know, we have so much poverty and all that. Why do we keep doing the same things if we're going to get the same result? We're going to have the same poverty we had 10, 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, back to the days of Huey Long. Not quite that bad. But really, we haven't seen the kind of growth and the kind of progress that our siblings in the South, you know, our sibling states across the South, they're doing a heck of a lot better than we are. They're not hemorrhaging population. By the way, the latest number is like up to 100,000. 100,000 over the last eight years of John Bell Edwards. Yeah. This is not a good sign. If this were a healthy economy and, and healthy, good education and good roads, infrastructure, etc., if we did not put up so many restraints to trade to people coming in, Chuck Owen, I think it was, or somebody cited a, a plumber who wanted to come in from Florida. 20 years experience. Wanted to move here to Louisiana. He had to jump through so many hoops, he gave up and went back. You know, we hear these stories all the time, especially among minorities. And they were always, John Bellwards and all that, they're always so concerned about minorities. And yet minorities are the ones who are hurt most by these restraint of trade regulations. That's exactly what they are. They keep young entrepreneurs and especially those uh, among the minorities uh, out of, of, of starting a job. It's so onerous. It takes too much. Anyway, so there, now you look at disparity. Okay, in healthcare, there's a Louisiana Health Equity Center that uh, Scott McKay writes about. It's a, he calls it kind of a Soros type outfit. And they just complain about the disparity in health outcomes between white people and black people in Louisiana. But they, there, they had a, a recently held a luncheon that Louisiana get to uh, 40th place in the nation in healthcare by the end of the decade. By the end of the decade? That's, that's like six years away. That's 2030. What place are we in? Well, oh, yeah, we're 50th now. Do you really think we're going to move up 10 spaces? How are we going to do that? Because John Bell, you know, he joined us up. He expanded that Medicaid even to people who didn't need it people who are making way above the poverty level. He expanded it. And now, now it's in, getting to be in trouble because, because the feds are slowly diminishing the amount that they're giving to the states to reimburse them for Medicaid. So, you know, John Bell and Jay Darden can crow that they left this state in much better shape. No, they did not. They did not. And it's time that we recognize that. And I'm glad that the governor has put out an executive order and has asked these agencies to come up with a list of initiatives to save money from the budget request. Now, this is for 2025-2026, because we already are going to have a, a financial shortfall in the next budget cycle that 2024-25, which begins July 1, and continuing in the three subsequent fiscal years, going up to $558 million, then $614 million, then $733 million. And I think Governor Landry is absolutely right to start planning immediately. And look, with the inflation rate and the, the what's going on at the federal government, we have no idea what's going to be hitting us. Because sooner or later, Uncle Sugar is going to be 
turning off that spigot. Uncle Sugar is going to withhold the sweet stuff, and we're going to have to pick up the slack here in Louisiana. I'm glad that the governor is looking ahead. Anyway. Uh, inflation cost. Oh, by the way, inflation costs for state government. Are you ready for this? Inflation costs probably going to be around 30 million next year. 30 million, just an inflationary pressure. So we have a lot to consider. The governor is absolutely right to hit the ground running on this budget because it has gone up exponentially every year. But we haven't gotten the bang for the buck. We're spending a lot more bucks, but we're not getting the bang for those bucks. We're not moving up in the ranking of education. We're not moving up and getting our infrastructure built. No, we give out a lot of contracts to our friends, you know, to do engineering and have context-sensitive solutions and do charrettes and coteries and all that other garbage. You know, you have a PR firm earn two point five million or something in that neighborhood, uh, just to hold meetings. And what have we come out with those meetings? Well, now, now, in the case of the I forty nine connector, not only do they not like any of the plans, they don't want any of the plans built. They think it's bad. These roads are bad. We shouldn't be driving cars. Fossil fuels are bad. And by the way, it's all racist. So now, what do you think is going to happen? But we can't throw up our hands. We have to keep fighting back. These people are delusional. They're delusional. Nothing is gonna, good is going to happen if nothing happens. If that, inter, if that road, the evangel, it is not the I-49 connector. Not yet. It is the Evangeline Three-Way, and it, it's falling apart. It's crumbling, and nothing's being done to make it better. So I hope that this governor... Well, I'll take a look at a hard look at those things and get the money spent where it needs to be spent and cut where it needs to be cut. It's time. It's past time. All right, we'll be right back on the Ross Report. Don't go away. So what are they? What, what's that? What's that? What's that president doing to Texas? Yeah, yeah. Here he is crowing about all the jobs he's added. Well, guess what? Texas added more of those jobs than any other state. Once again, bailing his butt out just like they bailed out Obama's butt way back. Yeah, and during Obama's term. But now what does he want to do? Oh, he wants to shut down the LNG ports. We'll show those Texans. They want to fight us. This is how we're going to fight back. Despicable. We'll be right back. back and looked at you know annual budgets <clears throat> going back to the last year of Jindal and it re- and it was 25 billion right at 25 billion and uh, it's just under 50 billion now with John Bell Edwards eight years eight years and almost 25 billion later uh, so I have to ask you are you better off now in Louisiana than you were eight years ago uh, I, I would say probably not probably not so the uh, the Monday quiz from the Ross report continues, and it ain't good. 
It ain't good. So Chuck Owen wrote uh, one one of the things that is a it's, it's a restraint of trade. It is a damper that we put on entrepreneurship, on new business creation, etc. We make it so difficult. You heard people what they go through to to just switch their car registration to Louisiana. We make it difficult all up and down the line. And why? Why we're doing things so great that we have a right to expect people to jump through additional hoops just to get their car license transferred or their their driver's license uh, transferred whatever you know i went i went through all the trouble to get that uh, uh that that national driver's license so i won't have to carry my passport with me everywhere i went she got my eye color wrong now i'm going to have to go back and fight with them about they got the wrong eye color but i was sitting behind this dirty plexiglass shield because you know it's covid you know everybody had to be and 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 it, it's one letter off. She got the eye color wrong, and I'm going to have to go and convince them that's not my eye color. And what happens if if somebody looks at my license and says, "Oh, wait a minute, you have a different eye color than this person. You must not be. It must not be the right person." You know, it could happen. But that's that's how these kind of things get so screwed up. And we're so much better than everybody that we want to have. We want to make people jump through hoops, more hoops, just to come to Louisiana because we're so damn perfect. We're so damn great. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm losing it. It's enough. It's enough. Well, Chuck Owen wrote a great article in the Hayride, and he's talking, and he's so absolutely right. When you've been doing the same thing over and over, and it hasn't worked, uh, you think you might want to make a change. Yeah, I think so. And we've been doing so many things in Louisiana that haven't worked, but you know, it's the way we've always done it. That should be that that phrase should be emblazoned on the state capitol. You know, we've always done it this way. And look where it got us. We're in so many holes, so many ruts. And, you know, we just, we're spending more money than most of our southern uh, peers and yet on education. And where do we rank? Maybe sometimes we get up over Mississippi. But you know what? That's changing, too. One of the deepest, deepest ruts that we get ourselves into, according to State Representative Chuck Owen, he's one of the good ones, is our penchant to make employment as difficult as possible, as cost prohibitive, especially for people who are skilled professionals, skilled craftsmen, licensed people. We are not friendly to people like that. And we need more of those low-tech jobs. They pay very well. Have you seen what carpenters and plumbers and electricians and pipe fitters and welders make these days? They do very well. They make, they make, oh, well, they're doing a lot better than all those layoffs that are happening in the tech industry. Have you seen those? I mean, it's massive layoffs in the tech industry by, by the giants, by the tech giants. And it's across the board. Why do we make it so difficult for these people who are licensed, credentialed, professionals why do we make it so difficult for them to come to louisiana why do we make it so difficult for young entrepreneurs especially latinos and blacks to start businesses because they have to jump through hoops to be able to put on makeup to arrange flowers to braid hair excuse me we are not we are not doing it right. We are. We may be doing it the way we've always done it, but it's not the way that it should be done. We should be making it easier for people, young people, to stay here, to create businesses here. We shouldn't make it harder. 
We are one of the most heavily licensed states in America. How many times have I interviewed people like Daniel Erspommer from Pelican Institute? And those folks have just been fighting against this forever. But there may be a shot right now with the number of conservatives who've been elected and the the growing in strength Louisiana Freedom Caucus that are going to push this issue. And you've seen Christy Nome, uh, the, the governor from South Dakota, talking about you come here, you have credentials, you you will have your credentials will be recognized. You know what it's called? It's called universal license recognition. A bunch of states have this already. Why don't we? Un- universal license recognition falls into two categories of job seekers or entrepreneurs. One, those who already hold a current and valid occupational license or credential in another state with a similar scope of practice, and two, those who recently worked in a state that does not use an occupational license or government certification to regulate a lawful occupation that we, for some reason, deem necessary to license or credential. So the ones coming here might already have a valid occupational license or credential in that skill or practice, and some who do not who move here. So those already holding a license who want to come use their license skills in Louisiana, if they have held a valid license for one year, they're in good standing with all the skills and capabilities from the issuing state and are in the same kind of practice as Louisiana, well, then a license could immediately be issued to the job seeker. This would even include not only plumbers and electricians, physical therapists, etc., good doctors and nurses. How many times have you heard We have a shortage of doctors in the rural areas of the state. We have a shortage of nurses everywhere in Louisiana. They'll all be covered probably under this universal license regulation, except, of course, lawyers. (laughs) Can't do it for lawyers. (laughs) Well, part of that problem is we're still on the Napoleonic Code. That's another stupid thing. I know people tout the Napoleonic Code for some things, but, you know, it's another way that it makes Louisiana an outlier because we we don't have the run by the English Civil Code or Common Law or whatever they call it, but we're under the Napoleonic Code. So lawyers, mm, that's a topic for another day. But for those who come to Louisiana from a state that's not as stringently regulated or licensed, why not? Why not welcome those job seekers? Now, even if a person has worked in a specific profession or trade for three years, has skills or training in the same scope of practice and is in good standing in their current state, why won't they be immediately given the opportunity to obtain a license in Louisiana? They should. Arborists, florists, locksmiths are examples. There are lots of others. You know, if you're in good standing in another state, you meet all the qualifications in that state. Why can't you come here and go right to work or set up a business here? Why is Louisiana always the one that's restraint, restraining the ability of people to make a living? I mean, it, it's just, it's tragic. And it's just one more reason why people are leaving the state of Louisiana. 
Since John Bell Edwards became governor, we've, we have lost. The count is now up to nearly 100,000. We've been talking about this out-migration out problem forever, forever. And, we, and yet we make it harder and harder for professionals and craftsmen to pursue a living here. And so even if they come in, they just turn around and go back. As Chuck Owen said, a plumber who practiced in Florida for 20 years tried to come here and set up a business, gave up due to the onerous process of being licensed, permitted, whatever. We want more people to come here. We want more entrepreneurs to be able to create jobs. Not to practice restraint of trade everywhere you look. So there is a test case for this. There is a test case for this. In 2020, Louisiana adopted a universal license regulation type paradigm for the spouses of military or Department of Defense personnel who are permanently assigned to Louisiana. As a result, the license or credential of any military spouse has been universally recognized since 2020. And as Representative Owen says, the sky did not fall. It worked. And in fact, it worked well. We have a shortage of teachers. Have you heard that too? Why aren't these professionals staying here, coming here? Because it's we make we make them jump through hoops, meaningless hoops. This universal license recognition, yeah, recognition, not registration. Universal license recognition (ULR) is working in a lot of states across the country. Nearly half of all states have enacted a version of the reform already. In Arizona alone, over 9,000 workers have been licensed since 2019. So professionals in a lot of fields have been able to obtain a license to work. Doctors, engineers, cosmetologists, men and women in the trades. I mean, we need workers in Louisiana. We don't need to be sending our kids out somewhere else to get a job. We should have, we should make it easy for them to get that job here. And we do that by encouraging entrepreneurs to come here and set up businesses instead of going somewhere else. We know what we're doing in education works. You know how we know? Because our educated kids go to other states where there are better opportunities and flourish. They do very well because they got a great education here, but they can't get a great job here. So they go somewhere else. Tragic, but true. We've got to do something to turn that around. We have to change the way we've been doing business because it ain't working anymore. McGee ain't working anymore. We'll be right back on the Ross Report. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Ross Report. Hey, Tim, how you doing, kiddo? Hey, Miss Carol, doing great. Oh, and you? good. Y'all had a wonderful brunch? 
we did. It uh, was really good. Uh, did good brunch and then watch watch a little football and uh, <laughs> yeah, we had, we had a great. I'll great tell day. you, I'll tell you what the the Chiefs and I, I did not expect it to be that low scoring a game. I mean, it was a real defensive battle. It was good. It was a good game. It was. It was. It was. You know, in the, the latter game, the tell of two halves. <sighs> yeah. You know, but I didn't care. Same for there, so I was just. I know it just kind of dulls the enthusiasm. So it my does. my hierarchy is Saints first, of course. I want to support the Saints second. Right. Eagles, Eagles number two. Uh, okay. You know because yeah. that's my that's my home state, so I gotta I gotta pull for the Eagles. Of course, of and course. then yeah. and then number three, uh, Joe Burrow's team, the Bengals. <laughs> oh yeah, and yeah, Joe, Joe's a great kid. Yeah, he yeah, really is. He really is. And and then after that is Packers, just because the the Packers and because of. Their ownership is the town and the way they the town the blue the blue yeah, collar the blue collar underdogs yeah, yes course, I love the Packers for that anyway yeah. that's my heart so none of my people are in <laughs> are in the Super <laughs> so you Bowl care less. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's all right no it's good it's good for the economy uh, listen I want to tell you I I, I we were I was on a, a thread with some of my friends and you know they were lamenting the fact that another restaurant is closing Drago's it's sad right. very sad right. I know you don't want to see that nobody wants to see that no no no, no. but 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 your name came up because everybody said, look, you know, it, it is expensive to eat out these days, but you go to Dino's and you get a great meal, you know, and whatever it is, it could be a sandwich, it could be a burger, it could be a pizza, it could be gumbo, it could be anything. And you get great service and a really good price point. It's it's yeah. amazing how you do that, Tim, and I really admire you for that. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's 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 a challenge these days, it really is, but it, it keeps me... Uh Exactly. Engaged. That's a good way of putting it. Engage, right. as the right. French would say. All right. So tomorrow on Bertrand, you got that triple decker club. Whoa. I mean, you load that up. Load it's it up. Big. It's like it's like the old fashioned club sandwich. You know, you, you can't get that anywhere. It used to be a staple on every restaurant. You know, in, you're in, right. In Lafayette, and you just can't find them anymore. So we bring it back once in a while. For oh, well. Yeah, sliced ham, turkey, Swiss cheese, American cheese, bacon, avocado. I mean, you really dress it up. You really yeah, dress it up. All right, now uh, Dino's South. It's uh, let's see what. It, oh, what the executioner po' boy? Ooh, that sounds great. Right? Yeah, based off the executioner pizza with all the peppers, onions, and pepperoni and shrimp. It's good. Uh-huh. It's good. And jalapeno it's good. mayo. And I know you make that stuff yourself, right there. We do. We do. We do. Oof. Tim, and of course, we can't forget the uh, pizza of the month, the de Medici. De Medici, you got a couple more days to make that happen, and then it all goes away for another yeah, year. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I had and that, uh, you and know, I had that last night for dinner. My uh, pleasure. So, yeah. Well, you know, it's when it's football games, it's pizza. You got to have pizza. It is. It is. Of course. Of course. <laughs> my, right. my lovely bride was lucky. And, you know, she was gracious enough to go get it for me. So I don't have to miss any football. <laughs> there you go. All right, Tim. Thank you so much. Dinos, three incredible Dinos, two amazing Prejeans, and always, always, always the best. The best food. And the best price point, I gotta say. I don't know how you do it, but you do it. It's uh, very, very easy to feed a family at Dino's. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Ms. Carol. Have you a great take one. care. You too. Uh, yeah, we we just we love Dino's. We do. We were there last week. Oh, and I forgot to tell him what was it that I had last week that was so good. Oh, I shared a pizza with a friend, right? And uh, and we had those wings, right? I was talking about the oh, God. I meant to tell Tim about that. <laughs> I had those wings. It was last Friday, too. Yeah, it was Friday. 
and it was oh man, they were good. We just got the jalapeno rub. We didn't we didn't do all the sauces and everything. We just got the rub, and it was oh man. So share a pizza, you know, and and get some wings and. There's just any number of combinations you can do. By the way, you you know, you can take away frozen pizza uh, or, you know, to cook at home, you know, or you can get it to go already cooked, whatever. All right. Now, I want to just get to this story. Now, uh, our president is one mean old man. He is a mean old man. Here's Texas doing what they can so that he can get up there and brag about all the jobs he's created. Since he's been, he hasn't created any jobs. Government doesn't create any jobs. Well, sometimes they pad the government roles, but not really. Anyway, in the private sector, they don't uh, create any jobs. So he's taking credit for it. Texas, Texas has created more jobs in 2023 than any other state in the country, and that's from his own Bureau of Labor Statistics. They added 369,600 non-farm jobs from December to December. 369,000. Next closest was California with 311, Florida 240. Top five states, add, add in there Pennsylvania and Ohio which uh, Pennsylvania added about 112,000, Ohio 106,000. So there you go. So what does he do? What does he do? He decides to hurt Texas because Texas is fighting back and doing the job that the federal government will not do in protecting our southern border. And now 26 states total, including Texas, are in a standoff against the Biden administration and the Republicans in the House under the leadership of Mike Johnson, are saying they're going to do anything they can to support. They are fighting back. So what does Biden do? Texas is creating all these jobs to make him look good. And they're trying to kill liquid natural gas, liquefied natural gas exports. They're killing these export terminals. They're hurting not only Texas, they're hurting Louisiana. They're hurting Louisiana. This is this is a is an unconscionable, unconscionable. It's a gut punch to the hardworking men and women in the energy industry. You bet. That's what Texas Governor Greg Abbott said. And and by the way, all you global warming nutcases, it's going to force more of those countries, more of the countries who were getting clean burning, liquefied natural gas. It's one of the cleanest burning of the fossil fuels, if not the cleanest burning fossil fuels. It's going to force the, our, our allies, some of our allies in Europe especially, to go back to coal. That does not benefit the global warming at all. So all of his policies are absolutely, they're stupid. They're stupid, self-defeating policies. And now he wants to hurt Texas. He wants to hurt Louisiana. He wants to hurt anybody who participates in producing fossil fuels. It is, it's unbelievable. And there is a great article, great article, and I, w- I had it lined up for you, but I don't have time to do it today. It's an incredible article about uh, carbon. We need carbon to live and all of these all of this 
you know, decarbonizing the world is self-defeating. It is stupid. We need, we are carbon-based life forms. Yeah, I'm going to share that with you tomorrow. It's an absolutely great article. We are carbon-based life. We need carbon to survive. So these people who are, you know, carbon capture and storing it under the ground or doing away with all fossil fuels, they're the ones who are dangerous. They're the dangerous ones, not us. Hey, have a great evening, everybody. Drive safely, okay? Yeah? Yeah? Go Cajuns. You're doing pretty well in basketball, eh? Women and men. All right, bye-bye.